see a lot of friends, but there's some I don't know. So really quickly, I did want to introduce myself. This is going to be awkward today. All right. I'm Julie Pratt, and uh, I spent uh, over 20 years in kids and family ministries. And then a couple of years ago, I transitioned to the lead pastor role. I'm now I'm the pastor of Hope Church, which is in Plain City, just about 25 minutes away from here. This is Jordan. She's my kids' pastor, so it's super fun to have her here today. Um, but it's an interesting change to go from kids' ministry to lead pastor ministry. Um, but I have found it to be a really amazing um, eye-opener to kids' ministry, uh, leading from a different place on the bus, so to speak. So um, I love it. I still do a lot of kids' ministry. I teach a lot still. I teach at the college level. Um, and I uh, love to do things like today, most especially. So... Um, this is cool. So this day, this class specifically was an OSOM class. If you're not familiar with OSOM, OSOM is our Ohio School of Ministry, um, which uh, is an all-day class normally, and they've decided to condense it into a one-hour class, which is super impossible. So here's what I've done. I wanted to just explain to you. If you didn't get notes when you walked in, guys, there's some on the chair. Maybe somebody could grab them and give them to anybody else who has it. So here's what I did, because that is absolutely impossible to do, to go from an all-day class to a one-hour, which is starting late. Um, I provided for you guys some interactive notes. So the techies in here, you uh, can access them via the SCED app, okay, or uh, via the SCED thing. Hi, Miss Pastor Stacy. Hi. Miss Pastor Stacy. Yeah, whatever. Just Stacy. Stacy. Um, so you can get to the notes via the SCED app, okay? So I've given you the paper ones, but you see all the underlined blue things? Those are all hyperlinks inside of the notes. So if you're a techie, if you have the app, I actually would recommend that more than the paper notes that you get to them this way, okay? Because all of these are linkable to other resources for you, okay? So let me show you that again. Everybody watch. It shows you how to get to it. Here we go again, okay? That's my phone. Scroll down to the bottom. You'll see right here a PDF. Click that. It'll open it up into a new document. And then all of these things are clickable links, okay? So help yourself to that. Because of uh, trying to condense it, there's a whole day's worth of teaching in these notes. I'm just going to cover what I think are the four most important things. So if you're new to kids' ministry, if you need a refresh on kids' ministry, um, I'm going to highlight what I think are the four most important. I really think all of this is important, and that's why I wanted to provide it in a way you could take it home and then kind of further unpack it so that you can dive in a little more. I know a day like today can, can be a little overwhelming, and it can even be a little bit like a rock skipping over water. And so I get that. Let's skip across the water right now. Then you take it home and let that rock sink in, okay? So that's what uh, we're going to do with this. I did also want to tell you if you're in, if you choose to get into the notes and follow along that way, these bigger things are tweetable quotes. Feel free to tweet those quotes too. All right, let's dive in. You ready? So the name of the game, in my opinion, is observation. All right, we need to be observant. Whether you're just walking in the door, you just recently did, or you've been there for a while. The question I have for you is how observant are you, okay? So, have you ever taken an observation test? Has anybody ever taken an observation test? Yes. Okay, so if this is one you've done before, don't spill the beans, 
Alright, here we go. Everybody up here, watch this. We don't have sound, but just watch this and see how you do. Sequence a master plan 
and we lay it alongside of something called the eight goals. And I want to introduce these to you if you've never uh, seen them before. In the National Assembly of God office, we have something called the eight goals for children. And we believe these eight goals, if you will be uh, observant and intentional, will really help uh, truly disciple kids. Now the goal is, or the question we ask when we came up with these eight goals is, when kids leave your kids' ministry, what do you want them to possess? What do you want them to be, okay? And we've, we've whittled it down to a succinct eight goals that we think if you are doing discipleship well, this can be said of your kids, all right? So here's what they are. I'm gonna switch away from my thing here real quick and show them. This is a clickable link you'll be able to go to uh, if you use those uh, interactive notes, okay? Every child who is a follower of Christ, sorry, should be powerful in prayer, responsive in worship, biblically fluent, spirit-empowered, actively serving, bold in faith, giving selflessly, and living like Christ. All right, you could spend forever trying to write those. Just go click on the link and get to them later. But we said this is the filter through which every single piece of your ministry, everything you devote to ministry should run through. Are you doing so many programs that you're not teaching kids how to be serving, how to be biblically fluent? All right, or is your program helping to accomplish this? Is it hindering it or is it helping it, okay? These eight goals, in my opinion, should be the A number one top priority for you as a kid, men. That you sit down with everything you plan and you organize and you identify how it is helping to accomplish one of these things. What will happen is you'll notice gaps. You'll notice places where you're not touching on one of these and it'll help you say, okay, I gotta, I gotta work on this. I gotta get my kids serving more. I gotta let them do stuff so they learn that serving is part of the DNA of being a believer, right? And, and this might be one of the top gaps. We don't think kids can serve in church. We wait till they get to youth group or beyond and you've missed the sweet spot for that. So if you'll start them serving sooner, uh, they'll wanna keep serving through high school and beyond because they just will understand then this is part of what it means to be a believer. Okay, so eight goals, in my opinion, biggest priority, okay? So you can get to this list uh, via the clickable link, or you can, I'll take you back, there's a book here. Uh, called Strong Enough to Last, okay? This book is no bigger than maybe a quarter of an inch thick, super fast read. You could read it in a day if you wanted to, okay? Really easy to read. It is written by David Boyd, who is here with us. He's from our national office. He's here with us this weekend. Today, he's been hanging out at the, the Kidman table. He's teaching several sessions, so you, you have an amazing opportunity to interact with an amazing mind in Kidman. We would consider him a thought leader in Kidman, okay? Uh, but this book is available for you to order as well. I strongly suggest that you get it and you use it in your kids' ministry, okay? Time's ticking, you guys. All right, so eight goals. How are you doing? Observe, assess, and prioritize, okay? Number two thing that I think you should prioritize 
observe how it and whether it exists. If it does or does not, assess how it is, how effective it is, and prioritize it. And this is building relationship with your senior leadership, okay? Like I mentioned, I have moved after 20 plus years from a staff position to the lead position. And that completely changed my perspective on what the responsibility of a kid's pastor is in relation to their lead pastor, okay? Ask that lead pastor for time, and you initiate it. Don't wait for them to say, hey, let's sit down and talk. You go to them and say, can we sit down and talk? And come with some questions. Get to know what their vision is for the ministry because your role needs to, dare I say, has to, and if it doesn't, then you need to completely revolutionize your ministry has to align with the whole church vision. And it's your senior pastor that's going to be the one to communicate that to you, okay? So you sit down with that lead pastor and you say, tell me what your vision is for this entire church. I'm not even asking right now about kids ministry. What's your vision for this entire church? Now, what's your vision for this age group? What's your vision for me? Okay? Let your senior pastor communicate that with you. Talk about that with you. Ask questions. If you have good relationship, you should be able to say, can, can we clarify that? Can you, can you dive into that a little deeper? Tell me a little bit more. I'm not understanding. Okay? So that is critical. The second is you need to inform them about what's happening. Let them know. I mean, most of what you're doing is taking place at the same time they're standing in the pulpit preaching, right? They may not keep up with what's happening in your ministry, and that's not their fault. I hear all the time kidsmen uh, who say, I feel like the redheaded stepchild. We feel like we're off in the room next to the furnace room. You know, a lot of that. I mean, you may be in the room next to the furnace room. We are. But that's not the senior pastor's fault necessarily, okay? So take the initiative. Go sit down with them and say, let's talk vision. Let's talk about what's happening, okay? And then invite them in. Find a way to say, hey, could somebody be preaching? Uh, could an associate or somebody else, a missionary? And when that's taking place, is there any possibility you could come and teach children's church? I did that a lot when I was a kids pastor, and I'm telling you what, it was hype, man. Those kids be like, pastor's coming! You know, they get so excited. It's so, so wonderful because they feel personally connected to pastor. And pastor suddenly has this like, man, that was fun, I want to do it again, connection to your kids too, okay? It's powerful and important. We giggle about it sometimes, but it's really important. We want them to feel connected to those little kids, right? My husband loves babies. I cannot tell you how much he loves babies. So when we were in a larger church than we are now, he worked in the nursery sometimes. You know what his favorite thing to do is? The butt thump. He was like, I want to hold a baby. I mean, that's huge, right? So now we have a baby in our church. We're in a new church. He's always trying to grab her out of somebody else's hands. It makes a big difference, right? To feel like your lead pastor cares about your kids, right? So build relationship. Spend time and energy on that, okay? Number three is actually number nine in your list, and I'm going to combine nine and eleven for today's purposes, and that is observe how you're doing, assess, and prioritize 
the maximizing of people and the minimizing of program, okay? Then I, as I said, combined it with 11, which is equipping your team to serve, all right? Simply put, ministry is about people. This harks back to what I just asked, uh, talked about in discipleship, and that is assess how you're spending your time. If you've got four hours a week to commit to your kids' ministry, and you spend three hours and 59 minutes of them making copies and doing other things, then you're not maximizing people, okay? You're spending it administrating and not interacting with people. Now, I mean both the people that are, you know, the kids and parents, but I'm also talking about your team. You need to spend time with your team, okay? To help uh, know them, to help understand how they operate. So just like the observation test, we have to understand some of us uh, communicate best in face-to-face. -face. Some of us would rather a Marco Polo. I have someone who specifically said, Marco Polo me, I want the time to think before I respond. If you don't know what Marco Polo is, it's a video. That can be overused. I wouldn't know anything about that. Um, but she specifically said, that's how I want you to communicate with me. Okay, I can do that. And as soon as she's had time to process what it was I said, she'll send a response back. But getting to know her enough to know that that was a preferred method for her took time. I mean, I'm from an older generation. We email. She never reads email. I'm like, why'd you just respond? You know? Marco Polo was the cool or the tool for us, okay? So you have to spend some time with people, which means you have to figure out how to balance programming and people, all right? Maximize people. Always, always, always. If you have to make a choice, it's my opinion always that you lean toward time with people, okay? That's, in my opinion, priority. And then you get team members to help you with the programming, right? Equip your people. That's what this number 11 is. Equip, equip your team to serve. Trust them. Teach them. Train them. Spend time with them, showing them how you want things done, and then release them and let them do it. Would anybody say, admit freely in this room, I am a micromanager? Is there anybody here who's a micromanager? Yeah. This is something to work on, all right? Teach them what you want, and then let them do it. Okay? Let them. Is it going to be done exactly the way you would do it? No. <laughs> is that wrong? Not necessarily. Sometimes. And then you loop back around and you have another conversation about here's how we want it to be done, right? But it might just be that they go to point two and then to point five and then to where you would do three and four instead of you going in a different pattern, but ultimately it gets accomplished, okay? So we have to trust our people. We're called as leaders in ministry to raise up leaders, and so we have to allow them to serve in uh, their ways, okay? Now, I'm going to pause here and do an activity with you if you want to help me, Jordan. Um, this is one of the areas that sometimes I, well, not sometimes, this is probably one of the things I get asked the most. I don't know how to do leadership development. What is it and what does it look like? Okay? And maybe you're going like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So here we go, all right? 
Leadership development is investing in people, getting to know people, okay? And it's not just a, hey, what'd you have for dinner conversation. It's a, I want to understand you. I want to understand how God designed you because I want us to work together to our maximum ability, all right? So I want to do with you guys a leadership development exercise, super simple, a lot of fun, um, to help you understand how all of these tools come into play, okay? The name of the game is what? Observation. Observation, okay? So that's what we're working on right now, okay? Are you ready? Everybody up on your feet? What I'm gonna do, let me explain to you really quick. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hand as many of you, I don't know that I have enough for every single one of you, so a couple of you can work together, okay? I'm gonna hand each of you one of these things that's in my hand. You cannot show anybody what it is, but I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to look at it closely, and then you're gonna hold it close to yourself, and you're gonna start walking around and asking questions of each other about what is on their page, because there's no two of them are the same, okay? And then you're going to put yourself in order. That's all I'm gonna tell you. How do you feel about this? Awesome. All right, so Jordan's gonna have some. I'm gonna hand you some. I think we have 30-something, did you count? 30-something pages. So if I don't hand one to some of you, then buddy up with some of you. Okay, here we go. Okay. 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 Thank you. 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 Thank you.
cockpit. Cockpit. Is there anybody else that has something related to that? All right, how about you guys come over here and see if you can tie yourselves together. If anybody else has cockpit, which would be a plane. So if you have something in that plane, come that way. Okay, what do you guys, this is a large group. Do you find you're all related somehow? Yes. Okay. How 
This is gonna trip you out, guys. You ready? Next one. Guess what's getting ready to happen? Now we're completely changing scenes, okay? Because now we're looking at a magazine. We thought we were at a prize. Now we're at a magazine, which happens to be a girl sitting on a lounge chair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> on a cruise ship. Right? It's fun, right? But, guess what? Maximize people, 
Minimize program. Spend time with your team learning about them, okay? My last thing I want to say, those of you who know me know this is my priority in, in ministry. Engage parents, okay? In my opinion, if you've been around me, I'm sure I have said it at least once, if not millions of times, children's ministry is family ministry and family ministry is children's ministry, okay? As a Kidman leader, as a Sunday school teacher, whatever your role is, you also are ministering to parents, caregivers, grown-ups in those kids' lives, okay? You are not just interacting with those kids. You have a responsibility to minister to those parents as well. So make sure that you observe how you're doing. Remember, we're talking about if you're going to prioritize four things. Spend some time observing. How are you doing? Assess and prioritize this, okay? I want to share one tool with you in this. Uh, this is down on our Kidman table downstairs for sale. This is written by one of our kids' pastors from Ohio, okay? Derek Sanborn wrote this amazing thing called Journey, a Roadmap to Your Faith. And this is intended to give to a parent and help a parent walk through the basic beginnings of faith. It teaches them how to lead their kid to the Lord. It teaches them the next step is to be baptized in water. It teaches them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It has um, sharing and all those types of things. And it's set up like... Now tell them this. Now say this. Now let's talk about that, okay? So it is no fail for a parent, whether they themselves have been raised in the faith or not, okay? This is equipping parents, okay? You don't have to do it for them. Let parents lead their kids. There is nothing more powerful in a spiritual walk than leading your own kids to the Lord. And I don't know why, but in my family, with all three, it happened in the van when I was driving places. From the back of the van, I'd hear a little, Mama. And we'd dive into a spiritual conversation that would result in prayer, okay? Three best days of my life outside of Mary and my husband, who I love with all my heart, okay? So we want to help other parents have that experience, right? That's so amazing. And as soon as they do that, they feel empowered to keep trying to be um, spiritual leaders in their home because they realize, oh man, all I had to do was say, now let's just talk to God. And I can do that. I can do that with my kids. Okay? So, spend time with parents. This is a great first tool. I just encourage you to have, buy a few, um, and give or sell to your parents, whatever is, you know, right for you in your situation. Okay? A couple things I want to hand to you since we're getting ready to walk out or to uh, remind you of. Um, if you haven't planned on a session for the next hour here, I want to recommend that you go to the next one, the next OSOM, which is led by Lena Mooney. It's about partnering with parents. It's in the East Cafeteria. It's going to be a fabulous session, okay? Down at the uh, Kidman table is a little booklet called Strategies for a Healthy Children's Ministry. Another tool, quick pickup, read it, okay? If you didn't grab one of these, this is another tool, uh, opportunity. It's only $35, you guys, to get to this regional conference. Making it, um, leading the charge on this event, it's something if you are trying to keep growing as a leader, it's one of the best dollars spent right here, okay? So grab this, those are on the chair on the way out. 
And lastly, if you are taking this for OSOM credit, okay, so a lot of you were, there was, uh, receipts. the certificates for it are lined up on this over here and they're alphabetical. You can grab them as you're walking out, okay? I wanted to leave these last few minutes for questions. I mean, literally, we just jumped some rocks across the surface. So I don't know if that has left you with any questions, but I want to open the floor for you if you do. Is there anything specifically that you want to ask about this? Yes, ma'am. I have a new Alongside for quite some time. Um, if we just say, "Here's how you do it," woohoo! Did it for a year. I'm yeah. Okay. Then, then come back alongside of them, but don't don't take it from them. Just come in and walk in if they have fun. What's your current challenge? What's a win? Let's celebrate what is going well, um, and just stay very present. But don't say like, "Oh, let me just do it. Let's show you again." Let them let them keep walking, and then speak life. Man, you are called. You are gifted. You are capable for this. God put this ability in you. I believe in you. I trust you. Um, and they'll start to believe that for themselves over time. Yeah. Any other questions? Any other comments? There's a, one here and then there. Yeah. Just on the app, will yeah. those be available like further other than today? Will we be Should be. Should be. If not, on there is my email address. Just email me and I'll send you the PDF, which is, is interactive. Yeah. Julie, just, and this is a, probably a whole other class, but can you just share a little bit about integrating children with disabilities? Oh, yeah, that is a whole other class. I think that is very contextual. If your church is uh, has space and capabilities, then you absolutely should be doing it. I believe it's one of the untapped areas of kid ministry that we should all be looking at as something that needs to be happening. Um, however, for instance, in our church, we have two Sunday school rooms, we have two classrooms, period, in the whole building. We don't have a place to do ministry for kids with disabilities right now, and consequently, we don't have any. You know, So you have to be really brutally honest and think about it. If you have the room, you need to find a leader who that is a passion. It can't just be someone that you go, yep, you're going to do this now. Because somebody has to do a lot of education, self-education, um, learning, uh, to then build a team who also are educated and capable and passionate. Um, but do it. Man, if you've got people who that's a passion and you have the, the ability, do it. Hands down. <clears throat> so I, that is a whole class, but hopefully that's a decent answer to it, just in what we have here. Yeah. I would say the same for foster um, adoptions. Those the areas of ministry are huge and critical, and we really need to be spending more energy uh, in those areas as well, but also as with special needs. You've got to find that person who, that is their heart, and it thumps, and so they're going to drive hard after that and be excellent in the same way. Are there resources for uh, dealing with kids that have uh, ADD and those kind of behavioral challenges? Uh, yeah, I would say in here there's a number of uh, really helpful uh, links that'll start it. 
I would just say, I mean, my general philosophy is the kids who appear the most unloving need the most love. And we've got to demonstrate the love of Christ. Um, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be some parameters and boundaries. There's some expectations, a high bar. I'm a high bar kind of leader. I think everybody should, every kid can and should achieve a high bar. Um, but we have to understand this kid's not going to get to that high bar the second they walk in the room. Um, and so we, we have to lovingly keep mentoring, walking, encouraging, speaking life, saying this isn't what uh, is allowed in school, is it? So why would we allow it here? That's one of my big tools I used to do all the time. Because kids know at school you're not allowed to act that way, you know, and then they come to church and it's like, ah! So I would say all the time, are you allowed to behave this way at school? No. It's not the way we do it at church either. And sometimes that's it, sometimes it's a lot more. <coughs> Kids, one kid with like severe, severe ADHD and oppositional. What all of his behavioral specialists said, put like a little reward system. Go to Kroger, get like one of those, or Sam's Club, get a big bag of candy and say, if you can sit down here with me and do that and learn about Jesus, um, here's like a little reward for you. That way it kind of gets their mindset that they're working for something. I know a lot of parents don't like the oh, you know, reward them for doing what they're supposed to. But with my kids, it really helps to zone them in. So what she said at the beginning of that actually is what I would suggest is talk to the parents and come up with an action plan together with parents. What works for your kid? And yours is this, you know. It means you have to customize ministry to each of your kids, but we're about the kids, right? Not about programming. So if this kid needs this, then we're going to work on this together as a as a team, right? I'm on your team, Johnny. Let's do this together, okay? My son needs some accommodation too, socially. So, you know what? We just work on it. He melts down. If he's in a context for too long, he needs to go home. We work on it. We're not at church too long that Jordan doesn't have to deal with it too much. So usually it's me. At the end of the morning of church, I'm like, everybody get in the car now. You know, like we just hit that point. But, but you, as a parent, I know that, okay? So as a kid, then you go to the parent and say, Hey, how can I best partner with you to minister to John? Okay, and they'll give you ideas, and you say, "Okay, I'm going to keep coming back to you. Let me know how he does coming home, um, and let me know if you see something or you, you know, think something needs to be changed." We're doing this together. Okay. Anything else? Like I said, these notes, this is like a textbook, okay? There is so much available to you here. If you will get a hold of these and you will go and just go find all of those links, read a lot of those things, there's so much good information in here for you, okay? Um, if it's just too much and you want to interact with me, right at the top of the page are um, my email addresses and my website. Connect with me. Just say, Julie, I just need to talk about this one thing. I'm here for you, okay? That's why I do what I do. Um, so feel free to connect with me if you have something specific or that you want to dive a little deeper on one of these areas. Let me know. I'll be glad to do it, okay? All right, y'all. We're supposed to be done. Yes. So on your way out the door, I'm going to ask you to leave your book page that, uh, please don't take it accidentally. 
our I won't miss an important page in the Zoom. Uh, just leave it on that chair. That's right up there. There's more note pages and more of those hidden flyers. If somebody um, in your life you think needs to go, help yourself to those. And make sure you come and get your OSOM certificate, okay? OSOM certificates are right over here. Come and grab that, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.